Fluent Hustle once again. This is Ira Coleman, the founder of Fluent Hustle. We are a community that empowers, promotes, and inspires entrepreneurs through the stories of other entrepreneurs like my new best friend here, Tyler Michek. He is the owner of Chicago Fabrications. It's a wonderful company we're going to talk about. We actually got connected uh, here earlier this week, a couple days ago, when I uh, reached out to the network and said, hey, I'm coming to Chicago. I need some awesome business owners to get in touch with. So our buddy Garrett, shout out to you, brother, for making this connection happen. I'm super excited to have an opportunity to learn more about who you are, what you're about, and sharing your, your, your hustle journey about Chicago Fabrications and where you come from. You can see behind us, we got a lot of support going on for the United States Marine Corps. He has served our country and really appreciative of the service he provided to this great country. And I'd love to learn about how that service has also been a direct integration and a pillar for your stance here in your business as well. So welcome to the show, Tyler. I'm great to happy to be here, man. Good, good. Uh, like you said, give a shout out to Garrett who introduced us. Garrett's out there watching, but uh, but yeah, I'd love to share my experience and all about the company and the journey that I uh, I took to get here. So go ahead and uh, do you want to know more about the Marines? I guess uh, the Marines was like my starting path. Uh, you you learn your core values there, and you can uh, you can do that anything in life. Take what you learn and then apply it. I, I applied it to my business structure. So I took like discipline, you know, honor, courage, commitment, those traits, and I, I kept them from the Marine Corps. And then I applied those into starting a company, and this is what we've created. Beautiful. Our buddy Andy said, zoom out a little bit so we can see Tyler, too. <laughs> Actually, step up a little bit and, 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 and make it a little bit closer. Close. Yeah, you're close to him, right? So, Andy, man, thank you very much uh, for, uh, for, for commenting. Um, again, Ira Coleman here, founder of Fluent Hustle. This is going to be an amazing opportunity. We have Tyler here on the show. And let's talk about who you are growing up and what you're about, um, you know, you, you indicated to me before the show started that you grew up in Michigan. Yeah. And and how long have you been in Chicago now? Six years. Six years. I moved here right out of college. I grew up business background. Uh, my father was a business owner, and he pretty much taught me, you know, I didn't even know I was learning business. I watched him conduct business every day. Yeah. You know, deal with problems, deal with employees, deal with new ideas, looking at pieces of paper of marketing content and going, this isn't good, giving it to an employee saying, fix it, to make it better. Sure. I didn't. I didn't see, I didn't connect the dots really, you know, and then now looking back at things, where I'm here now, I'm like my dad, just like looking at, doing the same thing, looking at paperwork, okay, this doesn't work, signing signatures, just, you know, kind of on that uh, executive level as my father was, so now I'm, now I value all that. So what exactly is uh, Chicago Fabrications? You can hear the work outside going on downstairs, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, if you guys could uh, just see the walkthrough of his... Um, his showroom and the workstation and the the product that they're pushing out there. Let the audience know what your company uh, specifically does. So we're, uh, you know, I, that's a unique question. I always say when people ask me, what do you do? I own a custom furniture fabrication company. What's that? So it's, uh, we, I'm, I'm more of a distributor of barn wood. You know, I, I get materials, reclaim materials, and I turn, you know, I turn them into fancy furniture. And I don't really come up with the ideas. The customers come at me with their ideas. So a customer comes up, hey, I'd like this tabletop built with a metal steel base. Roger that. Um, what else kind of details do you need to know? Draw them a quote. We build it, get it down on the production line, and we weld here and we build, and you get a full table, and we do a full service. We uh, we make it custom to how you want it to fit, and then we actually deliver it to your house, or we even do some installations on some of the. And, and beyond a table, I was noticing on your website and your brochures, like you guys are building custom bars too. Yes. And, so yeah, like in fish tanks and yep, some off the wall. 
Yeah, so what I did is we scaled off those ideas. If you start small, you know, hey, I can build some tables. People see that you can build tables. Well, hey, I got a restaurant that needs 50 tables. Can you build 50 tables? Yeah, I can do 50 tables. Hey, can you also do the foot rail at steel as well? And they, you start adding on applications because you get there, then they realize your skill set, and then you start growing. You don't even know you're going into that job, starting to pull all that work. You just you walk out of there you know, with one table, and all of a sudden you're building the whole kitchen home. And, and, and what's the best way for people to reach out to you? I want to kick off the show at the beginning and making sure that we get your contact information out. Um, is it through email, direct through the website? I know when I went to the website, you actually have a capture page so that people yes. can, can – I get all your information. I get yeah. all your information. Keep hitting you guys. He's out there right now. He's a marketing guy. He's a mastermind behind some of my marketing. You know, we get you know, on the marketing topic, We I get a lot of feedback on marketing, like Facebook, social media. We're not running just like Facebook posts. We're, we're doing retargeting ads of that information that we're sure. collecting through Google. And then we're retargeting our clients. And eventually, hopefully, they get to follow through and turn in, uh, you know, turns into uh, some business. All right. So, so people go directly to your website? Yep. And then when I use like a, I don't push really marketing out there. Like people reach out to me with their ideas. What's the website? Is it, is it ChicagoFabrications.com. Simple. It's target name, target demographic, where we're at. We're in Chicago. What do we do? We fabricate. I mean, all that goes into it. You know, Fair enough. Businesses. I totally get that. So you said growing up, you, you watched your father conduct business and, and move and shake and you, you subconsciously were able to to have that ingrained in you. Yep. Um, did you see yourself getting into business out the gates or, or, or was it another career path that you know you, you were kind of fixated on? And, and, and if so, did that transition back into business later on? It did. You know, I was gone home and I was going out of college or going out of high school, going to the Marines. Yeah. Look at this great wall. Right. That's basically what I was. I was like a one-track mind. I was like, I'm going to the Marines. This is what I'm doing. It was, business wasn't really in, in my scope. Yeah, I was like, and then uh, – it didn't work out. Long story short, I didn't go to the Marines right out, right out of high school. I went. Uh, I ended up going to college, and then later on, joined the Marines to fulfill. I need. I had that need to, yeah. to be a Marine. And then uh, from there, I went to business school at CMU. Give a shout out to Central Michigan University, Chippewas. Okay. Uh, it was a great college. I, I you know, I, I, I networked most of my business partners and colleagues that I work with now through through college. Solid. You know, it's. Is that people pitch all the time like at college? You don't go to college and learn to waste of money. It's the network. Mm-hmm. It's that, the uh, people, you get connections. I've heard this so many times that, uh, especially from an entrepreneur uh, mindset, is that you know a college is a great place to embed your ideas, start a business, get get your concepts going. But then more important, to network. Yep. And if you really use it as an opportunity, other than just showing up to study and partying, but using an opportunity to to, to network and, and find those key individuals you can work with five years a decade later um it, it could be you know very resounding for your your success yeah success coming yeah. ahead so yeah i i agree with that tenfold you know in, in going out and partying that's when you meet the like-minded people like i was a c student so they say c students hire a students yep it seems to be the situation <laughs> in my life but in college that's what i did i went out and i hung out with other partiers we networked we had fun whatever we did and then that were the kind of people i like to surround myself with to this day, I surround myself with my college buddy, Corey Apple. You know, yeah. He's here visiting. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's a college buddy, and we met out partying, and now we do business. He helps with the website. It's, 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 a, it's all come back tenfold. You know, we surround yourself with. Well, we love that. So I was before we kick off the show, he had five or six of his buddies here in this room. Uh, they're coming in to visit for the weekend. And, I mean, the, the energy and the vibrancy and the love that you had uh, for that group of you know men that, 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 that were here, um, how had they supported you, you know, Throughout the challenges and and obstacles you've been facing when it comes to your business, and 
how is it important to have a uh, support system of individuals that are going to be there for you? I think it's very important. And those four guys were Marines, actually. So they were here. They were all gone home. And uh, I, I only knew one of them, right? I was introduced to the other two in a meeting that we were friends just because so, you know, seeing the setup and then seeing I was a Marine, it's like we automatically had something to talk yeah. about. It was good. So, yeah, we made it seem like we were boys for a while, but we actually just met. But, yeah, so those guys support me by the – they like to see – uh, like Marines doing well. Sure. A lot of times, you know, Marines get a, got a bad reputation. Like, you know, they get kind of beat up and then they come back into the civilian life and they don't really acclimate that well, get into some problems, you know, bar fights. Hey, we were found in the bar. <laughs> it makes sense. So those guys support me more than anyone. Sure. Um, sometimes I feel like I tell my friends, I feel alone sometimes because I come and I work in this office and I am by myself and there is no one really to bounce ideas off at that moment. Right, right. So right. I, I reach out to my friends and bounce ideas off all the time, and I get support support from those guys, and they give me good feedback. But really, it's a one, it's like, like I said, it's kind of lonely up here. I don't have that many people to go to lunch with or whatever. You know, I'm on my own schedule. So I really enjoy it, but to, you know, I guess the grass is always green on the other side. Right. And a bunch of people around you, like, hi, bitch. <laughs> You're like, get out of here. I don't need your guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. These yeah. guys up in my space. Yep. Um, you know, being an entrepreneur is definitely a lonely journey, especially when you're a leader and you're, you're, you're moving ahead and you're doing things that are untraditional. You're trying to create a path for, yep. you know, for yourself and for your company and, and solidify that vision. Um, let's talk about how your business came about. And, like, I mean, you're, you're, you're dealing with a particular trade and craft and yep. a talent of, of art. A lot of skill sets into one. People ask me that question every day. Yeah. How did it? How did it start? Yeah. Where did the wood come from? You know, that them are the two questions. And uh, what I say, how it started is, it, and I didn't, I didn't wake up and go, oh, I'm going to create Chicago Fabrication. I didn't come out of college. I wasn't the Marines. I just did what I loved. You know, I loved to build and I loved to weld. And I always wanted, I always wanted my own wood shop, my own metal shop. And so I made that happen. So when I moved to Chicago, I couldn't build with anything. So um, in my kitchen, I started building shit, pissing, yeah. uh, pissing off the. The neighbors. Uh, the na- not the neighbors, <laughs> my roommates. Oh, okay. So I was in the stove, and they were pissed off. Yeah. So I was like, I got to get my own space. I got this little team. Both sides are just women. Okay. Uh, this room. That's just, that's just business. All here, right. right. Back live again. You're going to have that. You, know? <laughs> you can't bang things like that. Yeah, we had a little mix up. All right. Ira Coleman here, the founder of Fluent Hustle. We're here with Tyler Michek, the owner of Chicago Fabrications. We were Facebook Live a little bit ago. We got disconnected, but we're back on live again. We're going to repurpose these videos, bring it right back together. Um, so we're, we're, let's go back to the, to, to the last question. Um, I'm not sure if we caught this on camera or not, but how did you get your business started? You mentioned that um, you, you, you always wanted a wood shop, and you brought one into your apartment yep. or your home. Yes, I did. And, and, and you're you know, pissing off your, your roommates with right it. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. yeah. yeah. Sawdust everywhere. So, that, so that's where we left off. Now I've only got a, a small space. So I got my space, my saw, your basic tools to build something. I started building terrariums that no one wanted. <laughs> no one wanted them. I went to pet stores. I was like, man, this is a great idea. People are going to love these custom ecosystems built by me. No. There was a huge flop. So I was like, why do you think to, that was? Uh, because of my target market, the, the people I was trying to reach. That Not saying anything bad about people that are into reptiles and so forth, but they're not financially – they. There's, the money's not there to spend that kind of money on a custom furniture piece sure, to sure. put that reptile. They just want a forty dollar aquarium, not a thousand dollar aquarium. Fair enough. So okay. I learned that. I was like, all right, I got the wrong people out there. I, I figured that out. So from there, I uh, I regeared. I was like, man, I need to off 
offer my, so I got this room, I got tools, what can I do, what can I do? Right. So what I did, I offered uh, services to use my shop and rent it out monthly. Wow. I was like, all right, I got these tools, I have this space. People in Chicago have none of that. Right. So I, I uh, started marketing on Craigslist. Next thing you know, I have five, six, Garrett. Garrett found me on Craigslist. Is that and, how Garrett found you? Yeah, okay. Craigslist had, and uh, he came off Craigslist, and that's a perfect example. Client came in, he used my shop to build his tabletop. I helped him with my expertise and education and building and welding. And he had a great experience, and I think I like to think a lot of clients had great experiences. Yeah, that's why we're in this course. facility right now. Yeah. The company has grown tenfold. So that's how it started. And then I so from my clients, I seen that they wanted tables. So I was like, shit, I'm renting my space out, but everyone's building tables. Everyone wants tabletops. Everyone wants so, so everyone that was coming into your shops, they were building tables. Tables, for shelves, mantles, just for the wood. So I seen like a, a, a curve. I'm like. These guys all want this. Why don't I just, I can build this. Why don't I just build it with them and then charge more of a premium? Or maybe I'll just build it for them yeah. and then charge a full premium. Yeah. So I started doing that slowly, slowly, slowly. And I noticed Barnwood was moving quite quickly and people were really fascinated Very popular, with it. right? Yeah, yeah. So from Michigan, once again, I said. Uh, and so I knew uh, one of my buddies there, Matt, was staring down a barn and he was going to burn it. It's like, here's my opportunity. I get a free barn. If I, I'm going to Michigan, I'm tearing this barn down, I'm bringing it, I'm going to try to sell that barn on Craigslist. Yeah. No shit, I did it. I brought that whole barn down here, tried to sell <laughs> it, I tried to pull up the rebuilding exchange, and I'm like, hey, I got a whole load of wood. Is the, is the rebuilding exchange, is that the one over in Lincoln Park? Yeah, off, one on uh, Lincoln Park. Off Webster? Yep, yep, right yeah, right off Webster. Yeah. So I pulled up to those guys, and I was like, um, I told them I was going to bring a load of wood, and they're like, yeah, 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 fuck it, say that shit. Yeah. So I was like, all right, you watch. And I pulled up with a U-Haul, like, no shit, full load of wood, and they took quarter of the load and I was really I was, I was upset no yeah. I didn't network this old barn down here we were supposed <laughs> to buy it now I'm sitting on all this wood and I was going to sell it to him at a really low premium Yeah. and so what I did I was forced to take that wood dump it on the south side at Wexter Steel shout out to Wexter Steel for helping me out that was huge and John the owner there another great businessman he let me put the wood in his lot on the south side okay so I was like taking pictures of this wood in the lot and I was posting on Craigslist like I got the best wood in the city here's my prices which I did so John so John let you house the wood there for free wow and then and while giving an opportunity then to go sell it to sell it good I took advantage of that yeah I wasn't just gonna go use it I, he was impressed he's like how many people you got coming through here <laughs> oh dude I got Tuesdays and Thursdays I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna have clients meet me at noon at this time and I no shit did and I sold that load of wood in one week triple fold my profits and I was like let's do it again so so and, and then so in that particular situation you you created a I call it a passion room right it was the, it was the workshop wood shop that personal you, passion yes yeah yeah for you so it was, it was a personal passion room and then you started renting it out right because I needed to pay for the rent because I wasn't making no money and my terrarium I flopped and then I was a laughing stock yeah. most of my friends probably because they're like we couldn't even pronounce your name that's when I was like target demographic what's Tyler's terrarium who am I a million tires. Yeah. Trams can't even spell it, so how are they going to Google it? <laughs> and like, people are like, you can't spell your name. My logo is drawn all over the place. I'm like, yeah, you know, you're right, guys. I, but, I but, but what I noticed in here is that you, you had businesses within businesses that grew into a bigger business. Yes. And, you know, one was, you know, you, you had the, you know, um, the wood shop where you would invite your clients to come in here yep. and do whatever they want to do and make. Yep. And then you were observing your customers, yes. right? Why are customers coming in here? What are they building? Yep. And then you say, hey, I can start building this myself yep. and sell as a premium yes. and then you reach out to your buddy to say you know hey or he knew you were in the market or however how it worked out but you got barn barn wood yep. 
that you didn't brought out here, yep. stacked it up, and then sold it off piece by piece. So just materials. I wasn't even building them. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. But my renters. Just raw material. Raw material. Yeah. Easiest way to make money. And then my renters would buy the material from me as well. So that was double. So I was like, I can sell this to the projects. I can use this to build, because I was building tables too. So not only was I using it, my renters were using it. Then I was selling it. Yeah. So I was like, there's three revenue streams from that one from that one material, three different revenue streams. And that's when things started clicking along. Because, you know, and they say that business, you got to have seven revenue streams. Yeah. There was three right there. Right. And I was like, shit, we're rolling. And then I just, I rolled with it. And then I started tearing down, I quit tearing down barns because that's a lot of work for anyone out there tearing down barns. <laughs> Kudos to you. Yeah, I mean, you keep, I, yeah, you keep that business going if you're tearing down yeah, barns. Yeah, yeah. Hit up Tyler when they're done. Hit me up and I'll buy them. It seems like that's, there's a surplus now. It seems like I get 20 phone calls literally a week. People trying to sell me wood. It's gotten to a point where I, I gotta kind of hang the phone up sometimes. Yeah. I got my people now that treat me good. I have I have a network set up, right? right. So when these people call me and want to sell me wood, I'm, I'm appealed to listen to them. But then they don't know how to get it here. They don't know if it's bugs in it. You know, they're not they're not knowledgeable if this is even good material. Fair enough. They just heard on the street, dude, this barn was worth a lot of money. And so then, and which which it really could be, it but could be. considering other factors aren't in play and whether you know the yeah. materials are. Good materials, or, 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 or if someone's going to buy that material, who's going to give them the knowledge on how to treat that wood or where that wood's come from? So, like, I'm supplying that whole knowledge stream where this guy who just tore his, tore his basement thinks he's sitting on a gold mine. Yeah. Called me, and then he sent, I'm like, hey, send me pictures. And he's sending me pictures of three beams. Where do you think I'm going to go ship? Send a guy over there, pick up three beams. That's not realistic. Like, I'm buying truckloads. Right, right, right? right. So you need to come at me with like 50 beams, and then I can set up a job where they might need 10 beams. Like, and so like I get a lot of that, and I, I get kind of, I kind of been ignoring it a little bit. That's I don't fair. Know if it's good business, but it's well, a lot, it's you a know, lot. I, I think you're recognizing what lane you're in, where where you need to focus at, because you know you, you can't veer too off to the left yep. or right and realize that you know you're 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 devaluing your effort. That's the truth. And 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 what your company is really about. So. Let's get back to the Marine Corps uh, experience and, and, and how has that, you know, transitioned into business? What did you learn from, you know, because you said that, you know, you tried to get into the Marine Corps and then follow through. You went to college and then you stepped back into it because you really want to, you yeah. know, to, to, to have that be part of your, yep. your, your lifestyle. Yep. Um, but what experiences did, did you have from that that have now transitioned into the business aspect? I would um, say, I would say dis- discipline. Discipline. Any Marine right now listens to like, discipline. Like that's the word that they beat into your brain. Yeah. And like, so there's there's things that, I, like I said earlier, I look back on it like, oh, that's why they were doing it. So in boot camp, they would make us tear down our racks and destroy the whole room and throw shit everywhere, scatter, scatter everywhere, whatever yeah. you got to do. Go outside, put sand in your pocket, throw sand on the ground, and then go out, everyone go to the bathroom, get fill their water bowls up, and then make mud. Right. All in that mess, and then give you five minutes. <laughs> so I was like, this makes no sense. <laughs> You're like, what are you doing to me, man? <laughs> like, Where, what am I, and I'm like, what am I learning from this, right? And I'm like, this, and, and I, to that day, I didn't know. And looking back, I'm not like, oh, shit. I was learning to follow orders. I was learning to, to, to take a task, take a disaster, and mm. look at it and, and, and fix it. Yeah. And, and as the Marine Corps terms, on fuck it. So, like, you, you, they give you that mess to see how you react because, in any kind of environment in the Marines, they like to put you in high pressure situations. Yes. So you're like, oh, I got all this mess. Where's my stuff? And you're, and then you start thinking, well, like, well, I'm getting my stuff. So the way they set that up is like, you're not there to sort your stuff out of that mess. You're there to sort the mess. You know, you're, you're not selfish. 
all these guys in the room shits in that pile too. You're not looking for you're like, hey, let's work together. Let's get all the uniforms out. We got them labeled. Get the uniforms out of the pile. Our names are on them. We can get them back to the yeah. person owner. We do this in a timely manner. So it t- it taught me to think really quick. And like even though everything's going crazy, they do it for like in, in a combat situation. Things are going really crazy. Complete you chaos. got it's complete chaos, yeah. right? And like you got to stay on track. Like what's our mission here? This is our mission. And the same thing happened in the in the in this company. Yeah. I walk in, some employee didn't show up, customer's mad, like five issues come at me. I'm not going to just, I'm going to take one issue at a time, like the uniform, I'm going to pull the uniform out, let me get the uniform back. And you got to take that, and that's how you got to react. You can't scatterbrain it and just start trying to fix and save the world. You right. Know? And, and they, that's that indirect shit that they, take, they taught me that now I look back and I'm like, I get it. I get what they were doing. And so it's like, that's the value I pulled out of. It's not like, yeah, there's four, there's words and leadership traits, and I could say, you know, I'm describing like the experience that embedded it into me. Like that's that's how I react with any problem. Right, right. So, yeah, that, that's that's I just go at it gun home and I try to divide it out so I can hammer that situation. So, so right now you're, you're you're five years in business. <clears throat> um, how was that first year when 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 you, when you get the business going? They always say that the first year is the hardest year. Is that the case? No, it's exciting. It was, uh, yeah. I felt most judged my first year from my peers. Like, oh, Tyler's, I'm doing, I'm doing social media and I'm posting this stuff. So, like, what's Tyler doing? Like, it was with Tyler's friends, you know? So, yeah. I felt like I was being laughed at a lot because um, I've heard down the line people tease me. Sure. I heard about it. So okay, like, of course. But thank you guys by, by doing that. <laughs> Man, did that motivate me to try to make, to unturn that rumor, right? Good, it's like, good. this guy's got this idea, people are laughing about, but I, I, just, I stuck with it. I stuck with it, and that's back to being a Marine. Like, yeah. It's shitty. Everyone around you is going through that shit, too. Yeah. You got to keep pushing through. You can't quit. Like, what, what, what's the reward for Right, right. So I was chasing that reward of success. And that, here's why I actually preach to people about vision. It was in my vision to, to, to kind of get where I am right now. I've seen it. I've seen a lot of these steps on how I'm going to take my course of action, on how I'm going to grow this company over five years. Right. People... I was asked, like, I just followed this vision. I've seen this facility. I did. I've seen a large facility. I've seen tools in certain spots. I've seen laborers. I, I've seen marketing teams. I've seen this in this vision. And all I did is just every day I had this. I'm like, what can I do to chisel off more of my idea to bring it to life? Right. And, and I just, over five years, all I do every day. That's, that's what I do today. I'm here with you. Chisel. What did I talk about? That I want to do podcasts and I want to tell people about business. And, and, and you are, and, 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 and you are doing your podcast, and we're gonna give that uh, that, that, that podcast uh, a shout out. So, what's the name of it? Whatever blows your hair back. Whatever blows your hair back is a podcast that Tyler has going on. Um, so, how can I haven't we... launched it yet? I haven't launched it. Oh, that launch. content built. Okay, cool. I have thirteen episodes built. I'm trying to come out of the. I'm trying to come out of the shoe with like, I got my shit together. You okay. know? I didn't want to come with one piece like back in. What's Tyler up to now? Is it, Doing Tyler's turn stunt yeah. there. Well, say no, I want to come out of a shoe. I'm gonna have a book to follow. But like you say, everything happens for a reason. So the fact that you, you're putting together um, a podcast about business itself, and you know, having those deeper conversations, and then Garrett connecting us and making that happen, everything yes. happened for a reason. Yeah, so, yeah, that, that's why you're here because I had that vision of me podcast. I didn't know how to execute it. I told you the whole day you were here setting up. I'm like, this is what I was missing. <laughs> you, you got this, you know. You and I can tell you, man, I, I, I've learned it. Yeah, my mom's over here in the back. She's corner. great. She's smiling. Great. 
and uh, and um, you know, it's it's been a journey. Just just get flowing, hustling together, and building the community, and doing it for the right reasons, and you know, and, and learning. I every single video I've done and the interview I had going on, I've learned from it, and I, I've made mistakes. I said, hey, I can go back and and perfect this and make that right, and get the lighting situation going together, and you know, finding the right individuals. And that everyone that's been on my show has been a right individual so far. Yep. Um, but the only way that you can learn. It's doing. It, it's doing. Get out. Get out of your comfort zone. I mean, I, I mean, I mean that moment that you're talking about, like you know, what are my friends think of me. Like, I get. I think that all the time. Right now. But then again, I'm like, you know what? If, if they're gonna, if they're gonna voice their opinion, hopefully their opinion is to make me better, right? And and it's not and, the case and, all the time. And it's not the case all the time, right? But it's just noise, right? And and, noise. and and your customers or your potential clients and whoever that might be, those individuals are going to look at you and say, hey, you know what? I don't like his approach. I don't like his style. I don't like his company name. I don't like the color of his logo, right? And who is that guy? And at the end of the day, you're only going to attract the people that you want to attract anyway. Yes. And that's what's most important at whatever you're doing, especially if you're an entrepreneur and you're coming up with the concept. And to you, it might seem like the best idea out there, but you also have to respect the customer too, right? Yes. Respect where the customers, your potential customers are coming from because if you can get that feedback, and what I liked about your workshop is that you're observing what your customers were doing. Right, you're renting a space out. You're saying, "Hey, like, what do what do what do they like, and how can I then change yes. that and then come into place?" So I try and get as much feedback as I possibly can from our from our network. And you know, after we're done with this interview, you know, a week or two down the road, I'm going to say, "Hey, you know, try like, what did you like and what didn't you like? What can what can I do?" We're recapping. Yeah, yeah. I'm a customer right now with you. Exactly. You're, I I understand what you're doing, and what you're doing is executing. You're doing what you talked about, and that's the problem why so many people talk. I mean, I got, I'm the perfect example of guys that come up to me and they know I'm a business owner. Like, I got this idea. I got, so I stop them. I can't listen. I go, so what are you going to do about it? Like, I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to first draw a logo. Draw a logo. Start visualizing what you're trying to do. You want right. to start a company? What's the name of your company? Well, I don't know. I just, you know, I just really like, you know, folding bed sheets and cleaning. So you're opening a sheet cleaning company. Like, those are like target words now that people are going to search for in your company. Right. So you need to base your name off that, and then you need to draw a logo to represent yourself. And then you need to go get your tax ID number. And, then, and then there's all this shit you got to do before you get to execute your idea. <laughs> <laughs> or just execute the idea, and then everything else will start Yeah, that's another but, way. But, but yep. if you're just talking and, and not, yes. not doing, I was watching uh, something that came across on my Instagram, and it was three people waiting in line. You have the critics, and there's a full line of critics, right? And then you have the thinkers. There's about half a line of thinkers, and then there's a line of doers, and there's no one in line because all the doers are out doing it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and very, very far, you can see, you know, the doer, the few doers making it happen, but, um, you know, being strategic, understand what you're going to, you know, what you want to accomplish and how to get it done, but in it, you got to do it. Like, if you're not doing yeah. it, you, you're, you're just blowing hot air, and, and, and no it's one true. has time for that. So. I, um, for, for my podcast, whoever blows your hair back, <laughs> I have really, I want to share this metaphor with you. This is like my idea of entrepreneurship and like success at, 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 at its best. Okay. So like if you guys can just visualize right now and I'm watching or yourself, yeah. visualize staying on a cliff, you know, and, and on that cliff, there's nothing but hard rocks and a pool of water with sharks swimming down at the bottom of it, right? The idea is, is to kind of take that step off. Everyone takes a step off, step off that ledge. Now you're an entrepreneur. You did it. Well, you just don't drop to the bottom. Right. And when you do drop... You hit every sharp, sharp rock, and so when you hit every sharp rock falling down, you're kind of damaged. You're a little like bitter. You're like, man, that was 
that was tough. I don't know if I want to keep going on. You're taking back your shock. The shock was going through the roof. Yeah, and then you think, but, well, that light at the end of the tunnel is just right there. Mm-hmm. So, like, oh, I'm halfway. So you jump a little further, you hit more sharp rocks. So, like, and then finally when you get to the water, you catch that breath. Say you're on year two of your business, that's the water. And it's like, all right, I got employees. This is rolling my, coming to life. It's coming to life. And then just when you get your shit together, you got the shark coming at you. It's just biting you, dragging you down. And you're like, I'm still recovering from all the rock damage yeah. that I just got to that water. And so then, all right, cool, you fight the sharks off. So while you're doing this, what you just talked about, that line of people, you got all the haters looking down at you. Mm-hmm. At, you got some people, the people standing at the edge looking down at watching them go, those are the people that want to support you, and but they're actually bitter. They're a little envious of you. They want to see you fail. They're looking to see that, oh, I'm happy I didn't do that. Wow. Oh, shit. Wow. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah, he's getting bit by a shark. Yeah. You know what? That's why I went not work for the corporate world. And that person just justified to their self why they didn't jump. And so then you got other people watching too in the far back. And those are your supporters. Yeah. The guys in the back, they don't want to be involved really, but they're they're kind of rooting for you. They're like, oh, he jumped. Well, hopefully he comes out the other end. You know, they're not like looking every detail. Those are the guys that really want to jump and scared. So you got to watch out for those guys. Yeah. Those guys that watch you closely, ask you a lot of questions. Those are the guys you got to watch out for. So then once you get to the water and you Beat off the sharks. Now I'm at year five. All right, year five. This is where I'm at right now. I'm swimming. I'm looking back. We got the sharks, the cliff, and now I got to open abyss. Right. And this is where you can go left or right or straight, and no one's guiding you. Mm. No one is guiding you. So if you go to the left, you can go cramp up. You go swim. You die. Yeah. You go to the right. There's an island there. You can go get to that port. You know, or that, or you go to the, the vision of the light of, of the success. And where is that? I don't know. There's no end to that. So it's just like a light, right? And you hope you get there. But you got to stay on path because if you go left or right, you can drown because no one's guiding you. No one's got my hand. So that's the scary part. It's very scary. It's very scary. Knowing where I'm at right now, it's like, well, what, what about five years? Like, where are you? Well, in five years, I'm going to tell you where I'm at in the abyss. Maybe I got to the island. And, and five years from now, it might be you jumping right back into those sharp rocks again. Because, After, yeah, maybe I drowned. Maybe I drowned. <laughs> like, I got to redo this and jump yeah. into the rocks. So, does that make sense? No, yeah, yeah, no it's a, it a beautiful metaphor of understanding. Like what an entrepreneur goes through. Yeah, and it's never never an easy journey. Oh. And um, you know, someone I, I had asked um, a couple days ago, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, a couple days ago was that you know what advice could they give um, to an entrepreneur? And they simply said, take the leap, take right? The leap. And and your metaphor had me thinking in the back of my mind is like, take the leap, right? There's gonna be some rocks there. There's gonna be some sharks out there. You know, they're gonna be you know, un, un, you know chartered territory. That you're not right. sure where to go to, yes. and yeah. at the end of the day, you have to take that leap to make things happen. That risk, and then he also indicated about you know creating a network, right? And that's what you spoke about in, back in college, and, and creating that network and finding the right people, and also not getting caught up in the planning, right? It's, you should plan, you should have a plan of action, but don't get tied down don't to where it's just pick some away. Exactly. I mean, it, I know guys. It's like well, back to like drawing a logo. It's like you just spent two months making a logo or like get it, do you know, they get caught in that because it's not good enough for those plans like no get a placeholder yeah it's a placeholder get your placeholders and, and rebrand and, and rebrand you can do that down the line yeah. right now you need to build your structure and those are just placeholders you know and that's what you got to do and that's that's planning to a certain point like all right i need a saw it's like i'm not going to plan like the best saw like at that time it's like all right i need to get a saw right now I'm gonna get a decent one. All right, let's buy it. Yeah, well, yeah, whether it's manual or mechanical, you, you gotta get moving. Somewhere. You gotta get moving, <laughs> so you gotta start gaining some ground, get some runway, getting that 
momentum. And they figure out the efficiencies down the road. And then when you get the momentum going and you got your ship rolling, then you look to like the left and right, like, all right, now it's time for a new saw. I clearly see that this was, that was a bad purchase. We're losing time. Right. Get a new saw. Same thing with the logo. So I'm 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 gonna open this back up real quick because my uh my, my laptop closed on me. So all right, guys, Ira Coleman here, the founder of Fluent Hustle. We are a community that empowers, promotes, and inspires entrepreneurs through the stories of entrepreneurs like Tyler here at Chicago Fabrications. Been a wonderful interview. How can we or you, I should say? Give words of encouragement to that business owner that's in a similar time frame as you. They've been in business for three to five years, and they're at a point. I mean, you're energized, and you're you're like you are super excited about the future coming ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. What can you say to an entrepreneur that might be in that three to five year time point, and they're kind of stuck, and they're not sure where to go next? And what have you done for yourself to get you over that? You know, maybe a similar. Got it. I got the situation. You yeah. You need to trust yourself. The problem is when you scale a company and you get to a certain point like I did, I now – I look back and I'm like, well, all these decisions that I made got me here. So therefore, the decisions that I'm making are correct. And not I won't say correct, but I mean I, I, I got the decision and I, I floundered it, whatever. But it brought me to itself. And so I learned to trust myself. You get all these people – when I say all these people, like different – so marketing, I'll talk to a professional marketer, right? And they'll tell me how to advertise and, and I'll listen. But then like sometimes I just don't, they don't know my company and I don't think that that's a right strategy. Yeah. I'm not going to go, well, he's a marketer. I, I believe him. So mm -hmm. I'm doing that. I'm trusting myself now because I know what the clients say when they come in. I know what I'm going through. I know what makes me happy and what makes me pissed off. Yeah. And they don't know that because they're going off their, their professional page. They're trusting themselves right. to tell me very aggressively what to do, which is great. That's their that's their job. That's what they do for a living. This is what I do for a living. Right. And I'm going to trust my decision. So decision making, being decisive, like and owning it. Like this is the like there's a hundred ways to build a table. Hundred percent. And I just made a post that there there's you know hustle on. There's a billion ways yeah. to to make it happen and, yep. and find your path. And there's a hundred different ways to build a tabletop. There's a there's a infinite amount of ways to just simply come up with creative ideas to to, to be in business stuff but you but you hit it right on the nose like trusting yourself and having that gut instinct believing in yourself yeah really when you say something you believe it so much you're like yeah what i just told you spot on yeah and like they read that like yeah so there's that and you got to have that and back to a million ways to build something what um like I said, tabletops. You, 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 so when you have employees and they want to do their own, I leave a lot of leniency to make their own decisions. Good, I love that. Which is great. Right? me is is with employees, giving them ownership, and that you trust them, right? Yes, that's to, to make it happen. And that's the idea of a happy workforce. Right? So yeah. What the downside of that is, right? When there's a hundred ways to do something, and then you're at the top, it's, it's called time value. If I can talk about anything realistically, I would like to talk about time value. All right, let's bring it up. Time, time value. Yeah. Time value. Like how much time are you going to put in an effort are you going to put into this and where's the value going to come out of it? And a lot of people don't justify like um, I found out like architects in my field of industry, there's like architects and designers that don't understand that because they want something so perfect. They want that table so perfect that they're willing to put in 25 hours in planning it. And then when it comes to building it, they'll put in 30 hours on everything that's detailed. And you just blew that project out of the water. There's no money to be made. Mm -hmm. so, and I, so when you give people the authority to make their own decisions, sometimes I go down and I'm like, 
why are you building it this way? Mm-hmm. This I, I came up with this idea to build it, and is the client still going to be happy? Well, that's not how we do things. That's not the proper way. But yeah, but the time value says this is how you're going to do it. This, the product's worth this much money. We're going to put this much time into it. We're done. Yeah. And this is it. And, and that's my struggle. And are, 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 you, are you and your employees training to, to come together and understand of course, this time of course. value concept? Because like... You're also looking from 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 two different you know views, right? Yes, you're looking from an employee view. You're looking from an employee view, and then the efficiency of, of, of profitability. What pays the bills yeah. to keep that employee even here? Yeah, and yeah. that's where there's a disconnect. Like, well, guys, I can't have you here. Like, if, you, if I lose money, I can't have you as an employee. Yeah. So we got to stick to this task that I created because up here on the upper echelon, I'm thinking of all that right. all the way down to the bottom. Right. And I want them to be as happy as possible coming in and work for me. Right. And that's what I struggle with. I give them all the leniency that they want, and then they come up with their own idea, like, now it's not profitable. Yeah. And so that's when I have to come down, like, this is how we're doing it. I'm believing in myself again. Yeah. And I'm now telling an older builder, maybe 10, 15 years experience, over yeah. top of me, yeah. how to build something. Yeah. And if it's not settled well. Sure. And that's my struggle of this company. And, 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 and I, I think, you know, and something you obviously have to go back and, and reflect on and what you got to do is, you know, allow them to continue, continue to have that ownership in the building process, yep. but then I'll allow them to sit in your chair behind the desk and say, hey, you know, look, look from my perspective of where we're at as a business and the more buy-in, but I used to struggle with this too. It's like, you know, you know being in corporate America and saying, hey, we got to do it this way and me not understanding until I can actually pivot around a little bit and say, hey, come sit on my side, right? And, and see where we're coming from and let's we'll see how we can work together as a team because then once you get that, you get those employees to buy in, say, okay, I see where Tyler is coming from, and I now I understand why he's telling me as opposed to him just telling me. Yes. Then, then they're going to be wanting to then, you know, understand. be more involved. Like he cares about what I think. Yeah. And that's a, that's great. Yeah. And let me kind of play devil's advocate. Of course. So you you let them sit into the chair and they they you try to get them involved in the big picture. Yeah. Um, it could be dangerous. Of course. It could be very dangerous. Then they know finances. They know how you go that far. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, right. And I go that far. But it's a small company, no, like yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, and you're trying to build these placeholders of these people. It's very dangerous on the information you let in and how things get made. I'm speaking from experience. Of course, once again, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. I've uh, scaled this company up to like 15 employees. You know, and I've gone through. Not we have a high turnover rate, but I've hired. Had people come through like 30, 40 people work for me in yeah. that's five years. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not saying I'm a genius on how to hire people. It's actually very so, so let's, struggle. So, so let's pivot topic real quick. Okay. Uh, where do you see yourself the next year to three years down the road? Like, like what's your vision? If you, if you can paint a picture for the audience, I'll paint a picture. Uh, I, Chicago Fabrications is great, um, but I think I'm going. I'm, I'm a little bit. I'm not bigger than that, but my vision is. So I think Chicago Fabrications is going to sustain and be great, but I see myself getting into real estate and getting more challenging projects. Like building tables and stuff is, is great. It was challenging learning the industry, and I've now I have I'm not to say I conquered it, but I I learned it, and now I'm not I'm trying to get it. I'm getting excited about this. Yeah, talking about how I created that company and how can I better someone's experience who's starting a company, and kind of getting known in the business community and networking. And to do that, you got to get involved in some bigger projects like buying some buildings sure. and flipping those, and then getting some high high return on that. And that's that's kind of where I'm going. But I still Chicago Fabrications is doing great, and it's going to continue to do great. But I'm not going to every day grow this company anymore. I'm going to grow a portfolio. Portfolio. There of, you go. Of, yeah. Other opportunities. Of a businessman. 
that's been involved in many industries. Sure. So when I talk, people really listen. Gotcha. And that's how I'm going to get that. You can't. I can't hide in this office and build cool shit all the time and expect to accomplish that. Awesome. Well, guys, Ira Coleman here, the founder of Float and Hustle. We have Tyler Michak here, the owner of Chicago Fabrications here in Chicago. You are our second interview today, the second interview that we had in Chicago overall for the Float and Hustle Network. So we really appreciate you coming on board. And more importantly, we also really appreciate you sharing your, your journey for business and then also serving our country overall. So. Hey, I appreciate it. Uh, it's been great being on Float and Hustle. This is, I'm a big fan. I've been following them actually on Facebook. And I was in my office. <laughs> it's pretty cool, and they were doing what I wanted to do, and I didn't know how to do it. And this man is helping me do it and building that channel. And I see big things on your future, Ira. Beautiful. It's great to be part of it, and I like, can't wait to look back in a couple years and see this content, and then see the content that you're going to create, and the content I'm going to create, and then we're going to come back together. Again. Come back together. <laughs> that time we spoke, Tyler, you're here. Yeah. Where are we at now? That's why I hope that's what we hope, right? Well, no, that's not what we hope. It's what we're going to make happen. That's what I'm talking about. Execution. That's good. Hopium is a bad drug. Um, Hopium. Hopium is is a bad drug, right? You need to go out there and execute, make the right decision, trust in yourself, like Tyler said, and really just get out there and and fight that journey that all entrepreneurs go through on a regular basis. So thank you guys very much for tuning in. Please like, share, and comment. Don't hustle. And Tyler will be following back up with you guys in the future. And then we'll go ahead and into that. that. So have a wonderful Friday, guys. Take care.